0: Hey y'all, you're listening to Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with NFT bros and crypto hoes. You're here with Paul and Adrian. As always, let's get into it. Big facts. No. Cap. Big facts. No. Cap. No cap. No cap. Damn. Seeing you in your high school room makes me want to drink a little too much fireball and pass out on your bed all sandy, Adrian. That's <laughs> you know
1: what's really funny is that that is the room that I slept in that night, but this is my sister's room, not my room.
0: Oh, that's not the room where your bed used to be in a
1: closet? No, no, no That's the uh, next room over. That Got room you. is now completely filled to the brim with my like my mom's hoarding stuff, so... Like you literally can't even walk into that room.
0: This room is the room that you puked in and then you couldn't go into it for like a year because you kept smelling the puke.
1: No, it was the uh, it was the one where I puked in the empty Tide Pod bucket and uh, I couldn't smell cinnamon again for a long time (laughs) or I wouldn't want to. Oh, my God. ooh, crazy nights. Yeah, your house was really fun for uh, drinking at.
0: Uh, sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Perez, who I know <laughs> listen to this podcast. Nah, but yeah, <laughs> they, that... like, they like hearing that. <laughs> but you had that nice pond and you could just uh, drink with your friends and walk
1: across, you know, looking at the, at the
0: moon reflecting off
1: the, the shimmer off the beautiful pond. And then it would <laughs> shimmer off of Paul's twinkly eye and he'd say, hey, one day I'm getting out of this town, guys. And I did. God damn it, I did. I mean, the next morning when I left Gilbert to go
0: back to Lexington because he lived in a different town. (laughs) Technically a different zip code.
1: Yo, how cool would it be if uh, Gilbert was in Ludacris's hose in every area code? (laughs) (laughs) The Columbia area code is in there.
0: Is it really? I, I, I don't think I've listened to that song. I don't
1: know about this. I think that's technically because it's not zip code, it's area code. So we are 803, so like Lexington and uh, Gilbert are in there as well.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Which hoe do you think that we knew was ludicrous as hoe <laughs> from the 803
1: zip code or area uh, code? I'm going to say, I'm going to say, because if she's good enough for. She's good enough for Ludacris.
0: Damn, that's a deep cut. You're just pulling some random <laughs> ass names out of our like a <laughs> middle school and saying that they were fucking Ludacris. <laughs> hey. so Am I wrong Lu- though? You think Ludacris was fucking middle school girls?
1: That's who what, he was like. Appropriately aged woman, would I know? <laughs> <laughs> I think he
0: was talking about. <laughs>
1: hey, okay, my it man. Was- talking to Ludacris afterwards, just like you done earned this Southern cooking. You done bruised <laughs> my back. I don't think we can leave that in. <laughs> Good impression though. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me stealing from a uh, New Jersey twerks round against Charlie Clips. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. Well, I think you would have been safe on that one. I don't think anybody's calling you out on stealing New Jersey twerks bars. <laughs> That's true. Oh my god, man. What's been going on?
1: <laughs> Yo, man, it's been a it's been an eventful weekend, a little road trip weekend. Um Went to the Greenville Comedy Festival. We uh, were on the last night of the Ooh! festival with some other people. The old Buster Cups. Busting up. You know what it was? It was pretty f- It was a real fun time, actually. And um, I'm not going to say anything negative about the people that I didn't like on the show. So I'm going to say what I have positive to say, which is that the improv group that went after us uh, were stellar. And they were really nice guys. We hung out with them at the after party at like a rooftop bar. And they're really cool dudes. Troubles with shapes. Cool dudes. Damn. Very funny. Wow. Did you have troubles with
0: shapes? Could you get the square in the square, the square peg in the square hole?
1: Uh, Yes, I could. I was always very good at standardized tests. I have a mm. very standard brain.
0: Do you, you went to like Mary Elementary School. Do you remember the test that they gave us to see if we belonged in Eagles?
1: I actually don't remember how we got tested for that. I always thought it was just a great thing.
0: No, yeah, it was a test that they would give us. By the way, I didn't make it in. Uh, but my memory, is good enough. Alert. my memory is good enough that I still remember the test. <laughs> I
1: don't even, yeah.
0: Don't even remember. <laughs> Maybe I deserve to make it in. Whatever. <laughs> um, but I, I, re- I remember one question off of it for some Wait, reason. Wait, were you not
1: one of those people that, like, had the redemption arc where you didn't get in, like, third grade, but you got in fourth grade or fifth grade? No. I do remember one of the
0: questions off the quiz was uh, they would draw a shape, and you'd have to draw the reflection of that
1: shape. Like, it would be, oh, like... Oh, gotcha. They'd be, like, um, a dotted line, and on the other side you have to... You
0: yeah. Know, I know this sounds weird, but I know for sure I got that question right because even back then I was like, "What the fuck is this easy bullshit?" I honestly think it was just the English stuff that I got mm. wrong. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows I still struggle with the English language.
1: So. Do you think that what you failed on for Eagles was the patriotic part of it? Mm, was there was there a patriotic part? Yeah. Scale of one to ten, how much do you love this country?
0: Oh uh, yeah. And even back then I was a little Malcolm back, so I was like, "This nation." <laughs>
1: is built on the blood and suffering of Building the third blank, world amber fields of blank <laughs> and Paul was like a bloody genocide <laughs> yeah so they didn't I like mean, that you weren't missing much uh, don't tell
0: me that I'm pretty sure I was
1: yeah it was pretty cool actually <laughs> they usually just let us hang out in a jacuzzi for most of the time they're like you guys are so far ahead you guys can do whatever you want the only actually really They just family. had,
0: like, scantily clad models coming in <laughs> with, like, <laughs> with pictures of beer and a bunch of free candy. <laughs> and y'all were like, it's great to be a little kid in the Eagles program. <laughs>
1: um, what did
0: I do this week?
1: We hung out with Adam. How was that?
0: Oh, yeah, I saw Adam this week. It was cool. It was cool. Same the old Adam. chemical engineer. Chemical engineer, not chemist. He knows nothing about electrons. Hmm. He knows about. I uh, I think I tried to ask him about what he does, and he seemed really like uh really distant about it because I assume he just does not like what he does. Um, he
1: studies uh crystal catalyzation.
0: Ah, you know. Okay. Hmm. So he's just withholding with me, not with all his friends. Interesting.
1: I mean, I look at his Google Scholar every now and then. Ah. Oh wait, hold up. You said uh, you were asking me about like big stuff coming up this week. Yeah. The biggest event ever, dude. My dad is in the finals of his uh soccer uh tournament. What what's the team name? Um
0: oh, Emmanuel. You know when we were kids and a like local restaurant would sponsor like a rec yeah, league it's soccer? Sponsored team? by a, a guy's uh healthcare clinic. Oh damn it, that's what I was gonna ask. How much money would we need so that we could do big facts no cap sponsor of Yo. your dad's team? <laughs>
1: honestly i think they should do it for like half the price that he's sponsoring them because i'm not gonna lie their uniforms are ugly <laughs> yeah because if it was
0: anywhere 200 or lower i i would scrounge that up to sponsor yep. your
1: dad's team i would do that i think it's more about just actually buying the uniforms right like that's basically what you're providing so it's really just the price for printing like 10 athletic jerseys and whatever variety of sizes
0: Alright, well let me know because next season I want it to be I want them to be the big facts no cap Chaps. Chaps? Okay,
1: chaps. <laughs> the big facts so, no cap chaps.
0: <laughs> I, I was thinking big facts no cap socceroos, but that yours makes more Ooh, sense. I like that. Okay, okay.
1: Yours has got a good Australian vibe. Yeah.
0: Um all right, Adrian. Cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin, oh, yeah, yeah. Ethereum, Litecoin. Okay, I was kind of Light avoiding coin. this
1: because I don't know anything about any of this. Dude, I
0: watched a couple of videos because I was like, I should, I've literally, my brain has always been like, anytime somebody's like been like, oh, NFTs or cryptocurrency works like this, I've always been like, shut up. I'm not listening to this. Oh, so, yeah.
1: Well, can I really quickly tell my favorite story about this, which might yeah. maybe be the only thing that I have to contribute? Uh, one of my favorite things that ever happened, uh, we were hanging out, eating at a Mexican restaurant with some of my friends. And one of my friends was talking about how he just doesn't understand how crypto or NFTs work. And one of our other friends was like, oh, I've listened to a few podcasts about it. Like, I think I understand it. It's really not that hard. Like, I don't get why people are, like, so confused. And we were like, oh, okay, cool. Can you, like, explain it to us? And she was just like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just immediately just, like, was like, hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fucking Amelia.
0: <laughs> um, oh, my shit. Yeah, so I watched some videos to learn about it. Yesterday, I was like, I don't want to come in a complete moron. I'm not going to lie to you. Did not learn anything worth teaching others about. It is as stupid and unnecessary as you would imagine in your mind. If anybody tries to explain it to you, run the other direction. There's nothing worth knowing.
1: Let me ask you a quick question real quick. This is my other contribution to it. Are you a occasional watcher of the Gravel Institute, the kind of like anti-Prager you thing? Uh, no, I-, I like their mission, but it all seems pretty like,
0: uh, it's all also, pretty basic. Yeah, it's pretty basic. I don't know if I, like, need to... It is
1: pretty basic, but I think it's Richard Wolf who does the... Uh, oh, Bitcoin. I like it's Richard Wolf. video. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he has a whole video of, like, a leftist perspective on Bitcoin and why it's just, like, a multi-level marketing scheme, but uh, uh, I don't know if... Uh, I don't know how true that is. I don't know what... Uh... I mean, it's probably true in the same
0: sense that, like, all investments are kind of a scheme. <laughs> mm. Um, But, I mean, I don't know. It's not... It's it's just you. It's just stupid. I don't know if it's like, yeah. uh, Mark. Like, uh, that seems how harebrained of a scheme is it? <laughs> that seems like it's implying a certain amount of like intention behind what's happening, and I really think that people are just very stupid. Mm. Uh, maybe the new coins are intentioned that way, but I think Bitcoin is just a legitimately like technical idea that people actually believed in, it doesn't mean that it's not incredibly stupid, but I don't Paul's think bringing it's bringing out the big scheme. guns, that
1: uh, that real Bazinga-type quote of, like, don't attribute to malice what can be explained by stupidity.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the newer coins and all that shit is probably malice. The older ones legitimately seem like people believed in them, even if it is, you know, not
1: anything that needs to exist. Man, this is one of those communities where, like, if we set it on fire, they are gonna, they're gonna hate us.
0: Oh, yeah. These people oh my god fucking worst people in the world Mm. it's stupid that it literally takes so much electricity to run shout out to china for just banning cryptocurrency transactions although i don't think they banned mining which they need to do um Mm. this is similar to one of the columns you've brought in but i i know like the taliban has banned cryptocurrency as haram because it's a form of investment Mm. um i think some other like uh guess they're open up to their name other muslim countries have done the same throughout africa and uh through asia uh actually adrian taliban means student um okay it's not an english it's not an english word it has nothing to do with ban uh i'm glad you caught that joke
1: 10 (laughs) seconds later (laughs) um so paul Mm -hmm. what the fuck is bitcoin
0: um okay so it's a decentralized ledger you see and what happens is that every every new block in the ledger has to be authenticated with a hash to be a valid block. And everybody's working on trying to calculate that hash, which is like the uh mining process of mining. So
1: this is what the blockchain is?
0: Yeah, so that's what the blockchain is. So everybody is running this mining algorithm, and when you get a hit, when you uh complete the very difficult process,
1: you said the first thing is you're trying to figure out the hash? Yeah. Okay, because in my neighborhood, that's just what you call that sticky icky. You know what I mean? Okay, and then you said you you make a chain of the blocks, you get a blockchain? Mm hmm. Because in my neighborhood, that's just when everybody shares a chain around the neighborhood, you know what I mean?
0: Wait, why? Why are they doing that in your neighborhood? Why are they sharing? Because that's a
1: blockchain. You know what I mean? In, you know, like you know, in like my you can't afford, in my neighborhood, you can't we're afford, so poor that we had one chain. You know, when you can't afford crazy ice, but you want to like <laughs> use it like once a week you need to present yourself, that's like what we do. Is like a I get it every Sunday. You get it like Monday, Tuesday. This person gets it Wednesday. That's a blockchain.
0: Okay, okay. And so once you've completed this really complex algorithm and you found this unique number. And you found the special number. Wait, wait,
1: are talking about an algorithm? Yeah. Because in my neighborhood, that's when we dance to Al Gore speeches. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny,
0: because this algorithm is actually burning the planet alive. Then, algorithm. then you can uh, mint a new block. And when you mint a new block, you get a small portion of that Bitcoin paid out to yourself, but also everybody else doing transactions within the blockchain can start adding values to that ledger. And then that's the newest block on the blockchain. Now, what makes it decentralized is that block isn't necessarily the only block at the end of the blockchain because somebody else may have completed that algorithm around the same time as you. And so it's a decentralized nature. It's whichever block other people start working on running the algorithm to continue the blockchain. That's the block that ends up being the point of truth and ends up continuing the chain so that sort of decentralized nature where everybody has to do work together to prove that something is real is the uh aging if you don't interrupt me to make a really stupid joke every couple seconds this gets oh, really sorry okay yeah yeah uh,
1: decentralized <laughs> i thought that was when like uh you get all the boys in your neighborhood in one crib and you're like yo this d is centralized <laughs> women come over here <laughs>
0: thank you that was about to make me look really
1: annoying (laughs) (laughs) sorry i was i was keeping an ear out but i'm not gonna lie i'm not great at this i don't actually i'm gonna let you guys know i'm not actually from the hood i'm actually from a very rural place in south carolina (laughs) i'm out there now in the woods (laughs) oh should i have done a redneck version of it instead of just appropriating black culture (laughs) yeah yeah, it been like now, in my neck of the woods, Decentralized, we're just doing the second part of the uh of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I keep my box set DVDs of It's Always Sunny in the same bookcase. My decentralized. <laughs> Why would a hillbilly be really into It's Always Sunny? <laughs> Honestly, that's kind of the Always Sunny vibe. It's like hillbillies in the city. That's kind of true. You know what's really interesting? Um, I just saw a trailer for the new season, which, like, damn, did not realize that show was still going on. Even crazier, did you know that fucking Bill Burr's horrible ass Netflix show is still going? Oh shit, the
0: animated one? F's I just Her saw family? the trailer for season 5 and so I was bad. like how
1: is this show still going? Even the trailer wasn't good and I was like, if you guys can't even pick out like 30 seconds of good material why is this show still going? Which is Luckily, crazy because
0: Bill Burr is now on a good show. He's now uh uh created a good sketch show that is on oh, Roku oh, really? TV. Yeah. Um, what, look- unbelievable.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> Could you imagine if he hosted the new Ripley's Believe It or Not reboot? <laughs> That's my impression of Bill Burr hosting the new Ripley's Believe It or Not. Unbelievable.
0: All right, cryptocurrencies, NFTs. How do you feel about NFTs, Adrian?
1: Do you own any lazy lions? I don't, but I will tell you this. I just watched the hot ones with Mila Kunis, um, who, because of Ashton Kutcher, is apparently into... um this kind of stuff with nfts and stuff do you know that she has a show that's exclusively funded by crypto or something or nfts or something i
0: did not know that
1: she has like a decentralized democratically driven show where like the people who donate money from crypto get to pick how the show like goes next into its next storyline i don't know she was talking about it and um She definitely had that air of like early internet speak of like, well, you know, like you couldn't do this on a regular network. It just completely frees us to do whatever we want. And uh, I don't know what kind of skepticism to bring to that conversation, but uh, she seemed really into it.
0: Uh, Maybe the skepticism of why are we burning the earth alive to do this? And if anybody tells you that like there's some special cryptocurrencies that really don't, you know, that doesn't have to be so like, it doesn't have to be so processing heavy. They're lying to you. Don't believe them.
1: Paul's acting like he never used a supercomputer before. <laughs> yeah, no. Shit stupid. Okay. Okay. Uh so going to your question again, how do I feel about it? Do I own any of it? No. Uh, you don't you don't even own a single Ethereum? Broke my... boy alert. Broke hey, boy alert. You broke boy. Look at your <laughs> shoes. Um my only association of it is our couple of friends in high school who did it really early on and bought from the dark web using it and stuff like that and had like mm-hmm. weed and Different drugs mailed to their house. <laughs>
0: I mean, everybody has that joke who's our age. But yeah, it's like the fact that they were spending what is now hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of assets on a couple dime yeah. bags is incredible. Pretty cool. God, if only we knew. I mean, I guess that's the thing with anything like that. Whatever. We just Uh-oh. didn't know. We just didn't know back then. <laughs> also, I there, that was the same summer you were pregnant and still smoking cigarettes. We just didn't I know. know. We just didn't know. Jackie Kennedy was doing it on the TV screen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You want to head into our columns about crypto?
1: Yeah, especially because maybe I should go first because my column is basically just someone asking how crypto works. So since uh, you already gave your very thorough and fabulous explanation, we can maybe try and get a second opinion. Uh, Okay. 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 I don't see why we would need that. I don't either, but you know, let's see if uh, our old friend, Rabbi Z. Zahabi. has anything else to say about this so uh, this is from the jewish standard we've brought this in before it's the uh talmudic advice column and uh yeah i mean you guys basically um already know what's up so let's go into it dear rabbi zahavi dear rabbi zahavi my friend says that i should buy bitcoin he predicts i'll make a big profit he says that even though the value of the cryptocurrency recently has risen dramatically relative to the dollar it's not too late to buy Should I trust his advice? And honestly, I do not understand how the currency works. Can you give me some insights? Should I trust Bitcoin? Taking risks to get rich in Ridgewood. So this is someone asking their rabbi. (laughs) Their presumably older rabbi. Which seems like the only worst place to go would be
0: literally listening to this podcast to learn about how Bitcoin works. Pretty true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why are they asking their rabbi? Were they worried that there were spiritual implications to Bitcoin? Well, you did mention that, right? That there was like a spiritual implication of investing or whatever?
0: I mean, I think it's a bad question for a rabbi. This is just an old man who runs a temple.
1: What will he know about Bitcoin? Yeah. Paul, I'm sure you had this exact situation, right? Just like a friend coming up to you saying that it's time to invest in Bitcoin?
0: Yeah, honestly, I have a lot of people and you got really into it in like 2017. It was very cringy. And what did you tell them? I told them don't invest in Bitcoin. It's stupid. And how much money do they make? Oh yeah, I guess they probably would have, considering how much it's gone up. Damn, history has owned to me.
1: Oh wait, I should look at the. Uh, hold on, let's see. This is from February first, twenty eighteen. Mm. Not not too not too not too shabby. Not too shabby. What's Bitcoin worth right now? Sixty four
0: thousand. So he would have like tripled his money, quadrupled it actually.
1: Damn. Uh, real quick, hold on. So Bitcoin is like the Kleenex of, of, of cryptocurrencies? Uh, I, no, you probably wouldn't call an Ethereum a Bitcoin. You'd call it
0: a cryptocurrency. I don't think Bitcoin is g- generic.
1: You don't think people just kind of use Bitcoin generically as like cryptocurrency? Maybe they do. Maybe I'm just not talking to enough people. I think you're in more sophisticated circles. Mm. I could see an older person being like, ah, he's got the Bitcoin with the dog on it. <laughs> he's got that Bitcoin with the dog on it.
0: He's got that Bitcoin that's been real life and it's paper and it has old presidents that are dead on it.
1: It's green. So, in this point in time, yeah, good a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that's what the rabbi's going to say or what do you think he's going to say as a spiritual man?
0: I think the rabbi is going to I mean, he had two parts of the question, right? What is Bitcoin and should I invest? The rabbi probably not going to, I don't know why the rabbi would be qualified to give investment advice, so I assume he's just going to duck that part of it and uh, probably give like a Wikipedia copy and pasted answer about what Bitcoin is. Still more effort than Abby would have put in. Still, oh, way more effort. Abby would have been like,
1: a little bit of coins. Sure. <laughs> Abby would have been like, are you talking about in the Olympics whenever they want to make sure it's real gold and they Bitcoin? <laughs> Exactly, I guess for some reason, I thought it was later than this because he says about how it's already risen dramatically relative to the dollar, and he realized it was already making such a big surge then I guess it was if Hunter was make, doing Bitcoin stuff in high school, what would that have been like 2012? Oh, it 2011? would have been like literally
0: what he was buying for less than a dollar is now worth sixty thousand dollars for every dollar Holy you put shit. in back then
1: it would now be sixty thousand oh, dollars man he's got a he's got a bit a little, little bit of egg on his face, don't you think? A lot of egg. Is there anything you invested in, Paul, that ended up being like uh, you should have invested more in? Weren't you into Beanie Babies for a while?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, as a child, I, re- I bought a lot of Apple stock. I can't believe I sold them in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> right before the iPod came out, man. Worst mistake I ever made.
1: <laughs> I know Dora Lee inherited my brother's um Pokemon cards whenever he stopped collecting them. And I don't know if she still has them or where they are. But yeah, she was just like, I'm keeping these because they're going to be worth a lot in the future. <laughs> Which they did. They got worth a lot this year. I don't know if she sold them or not. Yeah, I have no idea where they are or whether or not she even has them. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely like, you know, shiny Charizards in there and stuff like that. Well, look around your house. That might be a cool
0: couple hundred extra bucks. Mm-hmm. Cut this part out of the podcast. So Dorley doesn't know. But you have to split it with me or I'll tell her.
1: All right. It's a bit of a long answer. So if you want to get into it. Dear Taking Risks, I checked thoroughly, and I want to let you know that my research shows that the Talmud has no teachings about Bitcoin.
0: Honestly, I would convert to Judaism if it did, if like chapter (laughs) 5 what to do when Bitcoin becomes a thing.
1: (laughs) The Talmud is an ancient literature. Bitcoin was invented quite recently. Never the twain shall meet. And although I worked for years in the financial services industry, at big banks and at hedge funds, I did so as a technology expert, not an investment advisor. I have no credentials to give financial or investing advice, and, if truth be told, I'm not very good at following the sage advice I received over the years from the real money experts I talked to. Accordingly, please do not construe anything I say here as guidance for your investing. I will not and cannot tell you what to buy or sell and when to do so. But while I researched and pondered what the Talmud might say about your inquiry, as if prophetically the Talmud could know about Bitcoin, I did realize that there are some striking similarities between the two systems, between traditional religion and the blockchain technology that underpins all cryptocurrency. Okay, I like where he's going. I see a few analogies between faith and Bitcoins. In both realms, people face risks, as they are frequently beset by fraudulent claims and actions. In both realms, people need to establish and identify ironclad trusts in the authenticity of claims. I'll give you a few illustrations of my evocative analogy between the Bitcoin cryptocurrency blockchain and the Judaic chain of traditions. Consider first the limitations on the quantity of the object we are looking at. Bitcoin is mined by a complex computational process. And there is an absolute limit on the number of authentic Bitcoins that can ever be created. The limit of 21 million Bitcoins will be reached in 2140. About 1,800 Bitcoins are are being mined each day between now and 2020. Loosely analogous, the content of our Judaic faith already was revealed long ago. In Judaism, we say that after the events and ages of the divine direct revelation of the Torah and of ancient prophecy, no more basic faith content, i.e. currency, can ever be issued. So far, this is sounded like a reach.
0: Yeah, I don't know what. So Bitcoin is a metaphor for
1: religion, according because to Because it's finite? Yeah. Interesting. The main productive analogy as I see it is how each system controls the authentic use of its valuable core materials, the Bitcoins and the Torah, and how both realms deter fraudulent misrepresentation. In the founding document of the Bitcoin system in 2008, Satoshi Nakamoto, its mysterious founder, set forth several principles. He proposed a solution for authentication of the use of the currency. The main fraud challenge to that system is what he called the double spending problem, the risk that people will spend the same coin twice for different purposes. To guard against this, the system uses a peer-to-peer network that keeps track of all the records of authentic chain of transmissions of the units of the currency. It seems like he's doing more than just a little Wikipedia search. Oh, yeah, yeah. It seems like he knows an odd amount. The Bitcoin network timestamps transactions by adding them into an ongoing chain of hash-based proof-of-work, essentially a list of coded transactions of every coin, a list that cannot be messed with. The record cannot be changed without redoing the proof-of-work. So the longest Bitcoin chain of records serves as the authentic proof of the sequence of Bitcoin transactions, i.e. events, that were witnessed in the world. And the chain has proof that it came from the largest pool of computer CPU power. Majority opinion rules in the system of Bitcoins. The authenticity in the system is guaranteed as long as a majority of the computer power is controlled by nodes that are not cooperating to attack the Bitcoin network. The majority of members participating in the system will generate the longest blockchain transaction records and outpays all the attackers. In this network, member nodes can leave and rejoin at will. When they rejoin, they accept the longest proof-of-work records chain as proof of what happened while they were gone. So what kind of a loose analogy can I make from this system to Judaism? Here's my shot. The revealed Torah, both written and oral, constitutes our coins, and the rabbis make up network nodes. The authorized interpretations of rabbis create a large records of transactions, a chain of our traditions, that is the authenticated that is authenticated by all the nodes, all the independent rabbi authorities of our religious system, agreeing to accept as truth the contents of the largest chain of our transactions, the current set of interpretations upon which all concur.
0: I gotta apologize to any uh any astrology stuff we've ever made fun of for just being the most <laughs> wobbly uh structure to base your ideology on uh, y'all are on much, y'all are on much stronger standing than whatever this bullshit is Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs>
1: This is contained in the works of our rabbinic literature, commentaries, codes, and responsa that are deemed authoritative by the majority of our rabbinic nodes with the greatest computational power with the highest expertise in Talmudic learning. Wait, you say that this sounds like an imprecise and stretched analogy. Yeah, he's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The first smart thing he's said so far in this answer.
1: Yes, sir, I do think so a soft cultural system like a religion cannot be in fact compared point by point with a hard numerical ledger system of a cryptocurrency i totally agree my claim here is that there's a basic similarity between the blockchain that governs the authenticity of bitcoins and the judaic chain there really is the... not
0: there really is not a basic similarity <laughs> i and am a judaic sorry.
1: chain that regulates the validity of judaic traditions i hope you will accept that as helpful as this comparison is to start with subject now to many further thoughts and discussions i suppose you still would like to know what i think about you buying bitcoins i admit that i have converted some of my dollars to bitcoins it wasn't easy to figure out how to set that up and when i did my initial purchase of bitcoins my bank flagged that as a fraudulent transaction on the assumption i suppose that i really would not be silly enough to go ahead and buy cryptocurrency i had to call my bank and confirm them that that is what i wanted to do whatever you do please consider these known facts bitcoins are a volatile currency because they are an e currency, they are especially exposed to cyber fraud. Multi million dollar losses have been recorded in nefarious Bitcoin hacking attacks. If you buy in because of these vulnerabilities, you may lose your money quickly, or you may gain significantly. If you are a risk averse person, you should. Start- wait, wait,
0: wait, wait! I'm a little upset that he's done doing the whole like analogy metaphor thing. How is, is this not also part of religion? The being scammed out of millions. Is this nah. where the metaphor ends here? Yep. This, this couldn't possibly fit into his. The, the Bitcoin stops here. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Just the interesting where he decided to stop to stop that threat of stop.
1: <laughs> or you may gain significantly. If you are a risk averse person, you should shun this area of investment. But if you are a gambler, you may not want you may want to investigate it further. As I said, I give no buy or sell advice in this column. But I do hope you will find reliable monetary gains in your investments in currency. And find authentic spiritual wealth in your investments in the eternally valuable and stable currencies and contents of our authentic Judaic traditions. Damn, that shit was weak. Uh, okay. So the teachings of Judaism are actually a blockchain of authenticated proof of work network edges yeah. in a long chain of Talmudic tradition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna use that next time I talk to a girl. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right adrian you want to get into my column i don't really have much to say i, I think uh, if, if, if you don't understand listening to that column why it was stupid on its face I, there's no helping you <laughs> all right paul what you got for me this column is a market watch column uh people are writing into quentin fattrell their market questions uh i don't, i guess he calls himself the moneyest so i'll just go ahead and mm. read the question dear quentin my father recently joined a cryptocurrency MLM, multi-level marketing, and recruited me into this lucrative scheme, where I ultimately invested $100,000. How it works is that the person who recruits you gets 20% of the profits you earn, then 50 10 5%, and so forth. There's three of us kids and our mother. The problem is that he structured the account rewards in a way that he My mom and my two siblings reap the 20, 15, 10, 5% and so forth. Yet I'm the one who financed everything. I feel that it's unfair the way he set it up and I would have preferred my children to be downstream to my account so they can get those benefits. To give you an estimate, a 20% account earns $100 per day for about two years. I must admit, I didn't realize that's how the MLM works. Or that I was even joining an MLM. That's not how it was phrased when he coerced and highly encouraged me to put in this amount. I simply trusted my father to act in my best interest. He chose to keep several aspects of this investment opportunity secret because he must have known I would have rather put my husband and kids first. What hurts is that out of all of my siblings I have helped my parents out in many ways. I have been generous with my time and money, yet this is the way I'm being repaid. I have told them to refund those rewards, and now no one's talking to me or my family, and they're demanding an apology for my being greedy to ask for that money. He says I should be grateful that he signed me up into this program. A few choice words have been exchanged, and now there are hurt feelings all around. Was I petty for being annoyed at this? Please help us find the peace and laughter that was always present in our home. Signed, Distraught Daughter. Damn.
1: You know what it sounds like these guys need? What? Do you remember that era of reality TV where like babysitters would come and like discipline children? Uh, one of my favorites was Shalom in the Home, where a rabbi would come <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and fix your house, and your family.
0: Yeah, that's real. <laughs> I thought it was always like British nannies. I didn't know that. <laughs> Did uh, they ever no, had a there was rabbi one with there. a
1: rabbi, and I think this question needs to go to a rabbi. <laughs> Ooh. As soon as they were like, can you bring the laughter and peace that used to be in my home? I was like, I think I know your guy. <laughs> Shalom in the home. Shalom in the
0: home. Is is this just because of our last column with a rabbi in it? Is that why rabbis are on your mind?
1: Rabbis are always on my mind.
0: Adrian, is it because this is a Bitcoin base? This is a monetary
1: column on MarketWatch? No, no, yeah, I don't like where you're going with this. Okay, just wanted to make sure. All right, what should they do? Should I have mentioned early in this episode that anything involving money makes me incredibly anxious? <laughs> yeah, you should have. I
0: don't know. How have you gone your whole life without knowing that your dad's a weird, creepy asshole? Like, how is this the first time that this has come up? Would you consider this action creepy? There's something about it that has a weird power dynamic to it. Like the, I'm mm. going to do something completely unreasonable and then claim you're the, like, unreasonable one. Oh, you're saying she's being gaslit. Yeah, there's, like, a little gaslighting element to it, right? Mm. Like, uh, like I've stolen 100000 from, which, by the way, who the fuck has 100000 to invest in something that they don't fully understand? It seems like she's doing pretty well. Maybe this is just rich people squabbles and who give the shit. Yeah, I can see that because it's like with 100,000 you'd think you would have like eyeballed the contract and seen the <laughs> breakdown, right? Like I'm I'm not giving out 100,000 without really like reviewing the investment documents. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a whole other world cuz like they're not even that mad about it, right? They're like kind of upset that like the money isn't going towards their family. Not that they're like out 100K or whatever. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Like, And the fact that she doesn't know part of this question is, should I feel bad? Like, should we pull this out because a multi-level marketing schemes are immoral? Like, that doesn't cross into it at all. It's all about yeah. the effect on herself and her family. It mm. is not about the fact that well, I shouldn't have joined a multi-level marketing scheme because even if I do make out with more money than I put in, somebody else isn't.
1: It is crazy how clear-eyed they are about the fact that it's an MLM.
0: Yeah. Do you have opinions? I don't know. This one is weird because it's just like, that sounds like your dad's being a real asshole. Like, do you want him in your life? I guess if you do, it sounds like this hundred thousand isn't a big deal to you. I don't know. Make up your mind.
1: Yeah, because what, what's the thing she's actually asking is like, she wants them to all pay it back or...
0: Yeah, please help us find peace and laughter. Mm. Uh, He says that he she should be grateful he signed her up to this awesome program. And she says that he should uh refund the rewards back to her family.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't I don't I don't I don't uh, I've never been in a situation like this before. And uh I'm shocked. I thought you were thrown around 50-60k nightly. Usually I don't get out of bed for anything less, but I'm also very uh, you know, the old Shakespeare quote, neither a borrower no, nor a lender be. So have you actually never borrowed
0: any substantial amount of money?
1: I have a credit card. Mm.
0: but you pay that off at the end of the
1: month not to zero. Oh, okay so you you yeah, do yeah. borrow somewhat yeah, yeah yeah sorry shakespeare i was trying to live by your words but then i had to look on the other side of the page to figure out what the fuck you were saying and i was like oh that's what he meant i don't like that at all <laughs> i don't know if your characterization of the dad is the exact way i would feel about it but yeah he is kind of a dick
0: oh really you think there's more room for him to be in the right here
1: not at all, I just don't see him as creepy. <laughs> We're
0: like, I guess creepy might not have been the right word, but it is like, it, it's like a nasty person thing to do, you know what I mean? He's, he's a like, nasty woman. He's a nasty woman.
1: What's next? What's next, Paul? You're gonna call him bossy? Damn bossy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what this family dynamic is at all. Because, like, it's still keeping it really into the family, have it with your siblings and mom and dad. Like, I don't know if I would differentiate that much more than my linear, like, wife, uh, son, daughters to be totally honest. But I don't know. I don't live in this weird like knives out weird family dynamic that they have where they're all rich, but also so scared of ever losing money. The question asker
0: also strikes me as like very odd. What do you think the actual like product is that they're selling? No clue, but I am interested. (laughs) You're trying to get in on this? I'm trying to get in on this. You're trying to get in on this?
1: Oh, it is just a cryptocurrency MLM. I I don't know. Is that sufficient? Does that explain what it is? Or does that just mean that you can use cryptocurrency to like Sell Lululemon?
0: I really have no idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have, I have no actionable advice on this one to be honest. All right,
0: let's hop into the answer then. Let's let the experts see what they gotta say. Quinton from MoneyMarkets.com, dear distraught, one man's investment club is another man's Ponzi scheme. Your family members have gone cryptocurrency gambling crazy, and they have done it with other people's money, your money to be precise. Never hand over money to a friend or family member without getting the transaction in writing, and never give up agency over your own finances, especially for such a risky proposition. This 100 k may or may not disappear, but the chances of that happening increase as you go up the chain and the multi-level marketing scheme becomes more opaque. This, however, is a pyramid scheme that is dependent on other people joining, with each person skimming from the profits of those below them. Your father used his leverage in the family to shake you down, but you willingly handed it over. It's a hard lesson. Ask him how much your original investment is worth and ask for it back. If he refuses, it was neither a gift nor a loan. You gave it to him to invest on your behalf in a saturated market that has wild fluctuations. Multi level marketing schemes are risky when you are selling a product. According to the FTC, If the MLM is not a pyramid scheme, it will pay you based on your sales to retail customers without having to recruit new distributors. Alas, that is not the case here. Now a warning. Most people who join legitimate MLMs make little or no money, the FTC adds. Some of them lose money. In some cases, people believe they've joined a legitimate MLM, but it turns out to be an illegal pyramid scheme that steals everything they invest and leaves them deeply in debt. While some multi-level marketing schemes are completely legitimate, Brian Hochstein, an assistant professor of marketing at the Culverhouse College of Business at the University of Alabama, says that in most cases, pyramid schemes play upon most people's desire to get rich quick, get in on a good deal, and make it. Meanwhile, U.S. consumers have reported losing over $80 million to cryptocurrency investment scams in the seven months from October of 2020 to May of 2021 a more than tenfold increase on the same period a year earlier, according to data released by the Federal Trade Commission. That involved 7,000 customers and the median amount lost was 1,900. You're not the only one to hand over thousands to a crypto pyramid scheme and you won't be the last. If it seems too good to be true, it usually is. So investigate any opportunity to make sure it is a good deal and one that you can honestly describe to a family member or friend as being worth the price and a good value, Hawkstein adds. Your father did not do that, and you did not do your own due diligence. The question for you is why. The prospect of easy money can be exhilarating and exciting, but you both bear the responsibility for this Wild West investment, particularly as it is based on encouraging other gullible and vulnerable people to do the same. Okay. No big analogy in that one. Yeah, I think he was appropriately harsh. Yeah.
1: On everybody, too.
0: Damn, and he writes for Market Watch, and he had a... And he had what I would call a more morally sound answer than the rabbi. Ooh, hey, come on, Paul. Come on. Uh, it's true. capitalism's the only religion left
1: in America. Damn. That's that's big old facts.
0: That's big facts.
1: Anything else on that guy? I thought yeah, that was a pretty good. Better answer than mine. Mm-hmm. I agree. Seems like a good answer to me. I don't know. For all those crypto heads that are going to be in our comments, angrily or supportively, uh, let us know how you feel about that one.
0: Yeah, let us know how you feel. Dude, what if this is the episode that finally ends this podcast?
1: <laughs> I mean, I almost—I always kind of had the feeling it'd be something like that. We like attack like the ballet community. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, Adrian, you want to head into our third segment? Yeah, dude, Paul put together something brazy for this one.
0: Yeah, so for all of y'all out there, uh, this is a third segment where you can play along. You can race against Adrian. So I put together a little NFT quiz. For those of you who don't know, NFTs are non-fungible tokens. They are a segment of the blockchain that is associated with a piece of internet art. Uh, I think typically it's just a link to a JPEG or a link to a GIF or some other media asset.
1: So... Right. This is different than when like they sold like the one copy of the Wu-Tang album or whatever. Yeah, that was an actual physical
0: album. Yeah, yeah. NFTs could... Be associated with a real world asset, but most of the time Mm. they're being associated with a digital asset. And by digital asset, I mean incredibly ugly art online. So I pulled some of the biggest, largest in uh, terms of US dollar size sales of NFT art, some medium sized ones because I found them funny and some ones that were Mm -hmm. so big that they definitely seemed like money laundering scams Mm. and pulled them all into a quiz where I put, One legitimate NFT transaction up against a piece of random open source internet art I found. Mm -hmm. And Adrian's got to look at the price tag and decide which of the two images was an NFT that sold for that much and which one is just a piece of internet art I googled and found on an open source license.
1: Hey, Paul, um, (laughs) a television called. They want their image-based games back. (laughs)
0: And so because of what Adrian just said mocking me in this idea, y'all can all play along. Hit up hit up the description of this episode. Hit up y'all y'all look at your phone. Need you to look at your phone right now. Go to the description of this podcast, click on the link. You can play along with Adrian to take this quiz. Are y'all there yet? All right, there's been enough time. Let's get into it. All right, we'll wait for you. We all know you're scrolling Reddit while listening to this podcast anyways. Yeah, we all know you're taking a shit and your phone's on the other side of the room on the speaker. And you're like, (laughs) Paul, don't go too quick. I got to finish my shit.
1: (laughs) You're wobbling over with your pants around your legs (laughs) with your little dookie ass. (laughs) Little dookie
0: ass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. This first one is already throwing me for a loop.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, So, yeah, Adrian, do you want to describe the image and tell us the uh, price as
1: you go through? Okay, which NFT was sold for $1 million? And on the left, I have what's well, actually a pretty nice photo of, like, a rose bud in, like, a pool, uh, a pond that's, like, creating ripples. And then to the right is a very, almost, like, looks like it was um rendered in, like, a some kind of program of a rose in a very black background. And I think I can see an artist credit on the bottom of the left image. I don't know if that means anything, but I'm going to go with the one that looks worse, which is the rose.
0: All righty. You'll get feedback at the end of the quiz. So we're just going to go through them.
1: Okay. Uh, next one is an NFT that sold for $6 million. On the left, it kind of looks like, um, you know, the artwork for like Plastic Beaches from the Gorillaz album, that cover? Mm. It looks like that, except less orange. It's a little bit more like uh, kind of like an anime-y uh, bright blue skyline. And then to the right is a... Uh, oh, Tree and a Rig is the name of the thing. And then on the right is a haunted house. It's hainted, Uh And it looks like a very rough sketch of a maybe southern gothic haunted house. Um, I think the one on the left is a lot more pleasant to look at. I don't know. The, right, the one on the right looks like it could be one of those things where, like, it's what a serial killer drew while they were in prison getting, like, rehabilitated through art. And that's why it's worth so much. But... For me, I would rather have Tree on the Rig. Mm. Which was sold for $1.58 million. These are hard to describe. One is Blue Circle, which looks kind of like a mandala, but, like, very zoomed in to, like, just one portion of the pattern. Uh, So a lot of, like, you know, concentric circles and different kind of, like, pointy uh, elements. And then Pink Circle on the right, which is... um, remember in PowerPoint where you could do that thing where you had like a gradient background or you could do the one where it's like a dot in the middle that kind of like radiates out into like a black background Mm. that's kind of what it looks like and I think um Paul's I think Paul is in two minds here I think one of the things Paul wants to do is create a hard quiz for me the other thing he wants to do is prove how dumb NFTs are and so I'm going to go for the dumb one on this one which is pink circle um okay which entity sold for 500 million <laughs> uh white hair punk is a clearly uh microsoft paint uh drawn uh picture of a guy whose hair kind of looks like space invader like if you took out the middle and then replaced the middle with a person's face and then the one to the right it has a it has that thing where like uh the background is like just transparent or whatever that what what is that called whatever it's like an unlayered
0: yeah yeah you're right transparent
1: it looks like a little token sprite from like a video game maybe like a maple story if you're into that um and this is white hair loser (laughs) and uh i'm gonna say that white hair loser is probably the nft um the next one is an nft sold for eleven thousand dollars uh the left one is i don't actually know how to pronounce this what is it called the the face uh uniswap uniswap yeah no no i mean the face that they're doing oh um yeah it's uh like a wago. if i think a wago, the... yeah hey ahiago is what i always thought it was yeah uh it's that yeah it's that like anime girl face or whatever um so it's both of them one is a pink unicorn looking girl with like a tab on her tongue and then the other one is a clown looking girl with a tab on her tongue um this one's kind of tough i'm gonna say it's so it's uniswap or polka dot I'm going to guess that this is one of those where one of them sold for 11000 One of them sold for like $11,001 because they kind of just look the exact same thing. But I'm going to guess that the, the polka dot is more someone's fetish. Paul, is this one of those things where just all of them on the right are the NFT actual thing? This NFT was sold for $1,000,000. We have sunset and sunrise. And you can kind of get the gist from those <laughs> descriptions. It's literally just landscape photography. It looks like it would be the most default of a default background and there's something about the fact that like uh you know when you take a photo with your phone and you don't realize that your thumb is like a little bit in the photo (laughs) sunset has a little bit of that where there's like a little like something in the top right corner that looks like something got in the frame that wasn't supposed to be there so i'm gonna guess sunrise is the more professional nft one now we're getting to some good shit. <laughs> okay, now we're getting to some good shit, Paul. <laughs> uh NFT that sold for one hundred fifty thousand dollars One of them is called Just Rick, and it is a graffiti style picture of Rick from Rick and Morty, Rick Sanchez. And then on the right is a signed Justin Roiland um early uh print of the uh conceptual art from uh Rick and Morty, which leads me to believe that that's the one that sold for that amount. But I don't see Justin Royland being the kind of dude that sells an n f t but maybe everyone is nowadays. I think it's gonna be the the graffiti rick i to guess graffiti Rick on that one which image was an n f t that sold for one point one 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 two one one million um <laughs> uh, one is a like. What would the word even be? Like a very like animatedly drawn w- woman that's like weirdly textured, like it's Uncanny Valley adjacent, uh blonde woman in a pink clouded sky uh, called Blonde. And the one on the right is Butterfly Mouth of a uh, woman with kind of like uh By the way, paint.
0: the names are just names I came up with because I ah. set it to be like where the quiz randomly ordered them. But if I called them option one and option two, then you would have known how i put them originally yeah so that's why i gave them kind of random names just so you like those were descriptive names i came up with they weren't like they're not actually the art pieces name
1: and butterfly mouth which is a woman with a butterfly in her mouth with painted on her face and she seems to have like writing in the back either like a like a page from a book or like a coding type thing or like an ancient scripture i'm gonna go with blonde blonde seems like the stupor one of these last one which image was an nft that sold for 6.6 million mural walk or statue walk mural walk is a person with a hat walking past a mural of two women's faces and a couple other stuff going on statue walk is three people walking past a statue that seems to be donald trump uh with a bird uh emoting the clown emoji face uh i'm gonna go that because of the political nature of it there's probably some dumb liberal who would pay 6.6 6 million for a anti-donald trump uh nft all righty and i'm ready to submit
0: hit submit and you'll get your answers
1: okay paul do you want to do uh the uh roundup of yes or no
0: yeah so the first one i believe uh remind me if you got them right or wrong but the first one you got right uh that is kevin abosh's forever rose it's one of the first big i want to say it was like 2017 it was one of the first big nfts ever sold um damn it is so ugly i got a red rose i'm gonna throw it in the trash it is very ugly it was sold on valentine's day all right so far so good. So you also got the second one correct. That is uh hey. that is Beeple's Ocean Front and it sold for 6 million. It's
1: not that nice.
0: It's not yeah, it's not 6 million dollars nice, but that is actually uh Beeple is one of the big names in NFT art. Uh so oh, okay. I think he comes up again later in the quiz. Ooh. And you got number three right, Adrian. You were killing it for a while. This is the last one you got right at the beginning. Or the first one before you got one wrong. In
1: my streak? Before I got the streak gun?
0: Yeah. This was the last one in the streak. Uh, This is Kevin McCoy's Quantum. And yeah, it's just a stupid pink circle. I do not know why it's worth $1.6 million or (laughs) $1.58. Yeah. It is very upsetting to know that multiple people's lifetimes will never accumulate that much
1: value in all the work they do. (laughs) Did you uh do that calculation of like if you started out 10,000 years ago as a caveman and were getting this wage every day, <laughs> you still wouldn't have the amount of this NFT by today's time? Yes, exactly.
0: This is your first wrong one. And this was actually one where I thought it was a gimme because this is a very uh famous the the CryptoPunks. Uh they're very no, famous <laughs> probably total value because there's been thousands of these drawn. Their total value. This was uh CryptoPunk number 9998. And it sold for 500 million. This was famously one where most people who saw this transaction decided it was almost certainly money laundering or some sort of uh, marketing scam that it sold for this much money. The other image was me Googling pixel art character creator, and I made a little character. <laughs> oh, that's cute. He's a cute little boy. That's... I don't know why I named him Loser. <laughs> because the other one I called White Hair Punk, so I did needed... it. Right um so i'm glad you thought my character sold for 500 billion that's very kind of you adrian i would pay for that much for it yeah the next one is awesome it is a thank god it is a series of nfts in a collection called crypto with a zero instead of an o crypt zero (laughs) slot and you were right they were both from the same collection uh the polka oh. dot the polka dot slot sold for 11,000 and the uh uniswap slot sold for 3,000.
1: Damn, that's okay, cool.
0: That's interesting. So the next one was one that I was just like scrolling through the NFT exchanges and I found it, the sunset one. That oh, you got it wrong by the way. It was sunset, yep. not sunrise. Yep. Um, but this one was one where I couldn't even Google to find more information about it. And every other image in this collection called, bef- called Scenery Around Me only sold for a couple hundred dollars. And this one sold for a million. So I assume there's something like some sort of, I don't know, money scam going there's on with this. Going on. Yeah, dude, that's ridiculous. And the fact that I couldn't Google it for more information because wouldn't people be like, hey, a stupid image of a <laughs> landscape just sold for a million dollars? Makes me think that there's some uh, funny business going on here. Ooh, okay. But I guess a million dollars of Bitcoin was transferred from one account to another in service of this image at some point.
1: <laughs> so you were mentioning earlier about um, that there would be like legality issues of us hosting these images. Like, how how do we like? I thought the whole point was that they were irreplaceable. Why? How do we have photos of these?
0: No, NFTs are just like uh it's basically just a thing that's it's like a contract that says you own the image, but Mm. also you don't really own the image. It's a contract that says you own the contract that is uniquely representative of the image. Okay. Sounds about right. I just don't know if like people or whoever technically owns those images would put down a DM, a DMCA for me, Mm. like putting this up publicly. I have no clue. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. I don't really know or care. All the other images are uh, public domain images. So, mm. we're good on those.
1: Oh, god damn it.
0: I am sorry. You you you, you played yourself on the for Rick and Morty charity. one.
1: For charity. For yeah. charity. Okay, see that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying.
0: He sold the original sketch drawing of Rick and Morty Justin Roiland for uh I think a homeless charity,
1: a homelessness charity. Wait, that's oh. crazy. For only 150000 but that other one got a million? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> What the fuck? (laughs) And you guessed
0: right on the NFT of the uh, blonde woman versus the uh, woman with a butterfly in front of her mouth. That blonde woman was the highest-selling NFT uh, created by a female artist. It was created by Blake Catherine, partnered with Paris Hilton to release uh, that image of Paris Hilton. It's a portrait called Iconic Mm. Crypto Queen.
1: That's what I'm saying. More female nft artists (laughs) so that one is the one that sold for 1.1
0: million and finally on the quiz you guessed right to finish us off which by the way adrian of the nine how many points did you make oh six out of nine but yes the final one you guessed right that was the second people image it was actually a 10 second clip so you only saw a screenshot of it and you guessed right based off of that so that's that's some that's some big
1: brain adrian right there Cool. So Beeple's is like the Banksy of uh, NFT art? Yeah. Yeah. Beeple's the big name in that. Well, if you don't count
0: the stupid lazy lions and crypto punks and uh, amazing apes and so forth. Man, you're speaking a different language. He is the most popular of the single crypto artists. Mm, okay. So let us know what score you made in the comments. Leave a five star review and let us know if you did better than Adrian, if you were smart enough to get all the NFTs. Holy boy, what did we learn in this episode? Big fact, somehow the world just keeps getting weirder and there's a little bit of anxiety about being left behind, but also like a little bit of freedom in the idea of just not caring anymore about stupid new bullshit. Mm. Uh, So I don't know, I don't know which one of these two demons is going to win out, but right now I'm pretty happy not caring about this stuff and continuing to hope that it disappears and dies forever before people lose their life savings
1: in it. Uh, My no cap um hey everybody bitcoin yeah that's just cole's cash for uh dumb men nerds (laughs) that's so much better than mine (laughs) (laughs)
0: bye adrian it was a fun one
1: Just oh. 770 and 404 I'm worldwide, yet act like y'all know It's the abominable old man Globe, trot, international, postman Neighbor dick, dope man 718 202s I send small cities and states, you. 901, matter of fact, 305 I'll jump off the G4, we can meet outside So control your hormones and keep your drawers on Till I close the door and I'm jumping your bones 312s, 313. 215's 803, 803, 803,
0: 803,
1: 803, 803, 803, 803, 803, 803, I'll read your horoscope and eat some hors d'oeuvres, 10 on pump 1, these hoes is self five seven 757, my cell phone just overloaded,